Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Hey, what's up, family? Good morning. How's everybody doing? Yeah, y'all warmed up now. We, we brought a little bit of crossover from down in Tampa, Florida. We brought a little bit of heat for you and some warmth as well. Have my man, Pastor Darnell. Come on, give it up for Pastor Darnell and the worship team that killed it. If you guys don't know me, my name is Tommy Colonin, also known as Urban D, pastor from Crossover Church down in Tampa, Florida. And it's so good to be back with you guys in person. So it's been like three years since I've got to see you guys and come up and be a part of things. I know you might've saw me online a couple times in the last few years, but uh, a lot has happened the last couple years, hasn't it? It's been crazy since we got to hang out in person last time. And so I'm super grateful for friends like you guys and family like you guys and friends like Pastor Jerome and Crystal who have been there to, to talk with and pray with. It's, it's not easy to kind of live and lead through a pandemic, right? And so there was a lot of phone calls and conversations that, that we had with each other over the past couple of years. And, and we've been praying for you guys from Tampa and you guys have been crushing it. You guys have been doing well considering everything that's going on. So come on, give it up for yourselves. Yeah. And so you guys, you guys are like family and some of our crossover family from Tampa has even come up here to be with you guys. So Modesto, the guy that was just on the video, I've known him since he was just a, a young teenager wilding out. I'm so proud of him because he was like, he, he wasn't, he was wilding out as a teenager. Let me tell you something. But then he turned his life to Jesus and then, you know, started doing really well. And then, you know, you guys came down for Flavor Fest and he heard about the internship opportunity and, you know, we, we got to pray for him and send him up here to be with you guys. And you guys have done an amazing job with helping that young man develop into the man of God that he is today. The kid's director now, isn't that incredible? So we're so proud of him. And then we got, uh, we, we got Jen and VJ who came up uh, here to be with you guys last year as well. And if you didn't know, Jen used to be on staff at Crossover for almost five years killed it as our, as our kids director. Modi was learning from her as well. And the VJ did a number of different things. We had the best parking team ever when VJ was the parking team leader. I'm telling you, he was like, he was killing it. You got to ask him to show you this video sometime. And so and he did groups and stuff at Crossover. So I'm so proud of them and to see how God is using them and to see how they're plugging into community here and just doing really well. How many of you guys have been to Flavor Fest before? How many of y'all been to Flavor Fest? Make some noise. So if you don't know about Flavor Fest, it's a, it's a leadership conference that we do. It's a music festival that we do every October. And you guys, you guys roll deep. I mean, sometimes y'all got 20, 30 people that are coming. And so uh, we always love to have the City Life team come. And you guys have an amazing time. It's coming up this October. So come down to Florida and see us. Like, you'll hear more about it, I'm sure. You're bringing a squad. But today I'm excited. I want to talk to you guys about frames today and about perspective. Because perspective is everything. And the last few years have been challenging, but it's really about perspective and the way that you guys see things. So I'm going to open it up with a little spoken word, and this is called Frames. Frames. Your frames can change the game. We might be in the same exact space and not see things the same. Because some of you rock frames that are pessimistic. You analyze every negative statistic, despise the dreamers as unrealistic and big God opportunities show up and you missed it. 
but I love those that are optimistic. Could see my hood in Tampa and envision an innovation district. Helping people that are misfits find the God-given purpose of their existence. <laughs> but some have blind frames. They just can't see it. Their blind spots have them thinking crypto isn't real, so they stick with traditional fiat. So be it. Now life can cause our frames to get tainted. This pandemic had some believers in Christ that fainted. Fainted in fear and fainted in faith. See, our human frames cause us to stay in a place that feels safe, even if it isn't. But put on a pair of God frames, it's so exquisite. It'll turn your greed into generosity. It'll flip your frames and your philosophy. You'll see potential where others are blinded by mediocrity <laughs> and your fear will fade. And you can confidently say, God's got me. And your entitled frames can become grateful. You can show love to your neighbor, even if they're hateful. Throw a block party, cook out, and bring them a plateful. I promise, your lustful frames can get pure. Your creator has a cure. He can rewire your whole brain contour. This next season could be your greatest encore. So it's time to reframe from a temporary to eternal aim. Your vision can see crisis or opportunity depending on the frames. So flip yours and change the game. Frames. So I recently wrote a book about, about frames and about perspective and our church is known for its creativity and innovation. A lot of people say that, that we're out of the box and so we so out of the box that, that I had to put the book in a box. And so yeah, I created this box kit and it's got the new book in it. Um, it's got a master class online that you can watch at your pace. There's like a video with each chapter. Um, there's even a pair of frames inside of here. Yeah, so you get some custom sunglasses, some frames. So I brought some of these with me. I got a few. But you know what? I want to I wanna bless somebody with this. I want to bless my man Gabe with this. Come on, y'all give it up for Gabe, the coolest bass player ever. And I got to talk to this guy a little bit this morning. Super proud of him. Man, he's 17 years old. And he's like all in. He's all excited. And uh, man, like excited to finish out school next year. And then he's like, man, I wanna do my internship. I wanna do something in ministry. And man, those are some great frames right there. So come on, give it up for my man, Gabe. Yeah. So my frames, my frames really started to change about 25 years ago. I originally grew up in Philly. I grew up in church as a pastor's kid, so I had to go to church every time the church doors were open. So, but as I became a teenager, I had one foot in the church and one foot out in the streets. And so as the older I got, I started to step into the streets a little bit more and do some things that I really shouldn't have been doing. But I soon found out that that lifestyle was, was empty and there was nothing there for me. And, and thank God, like God kept his hand on me. I didn't do anything too crazy. But I came back to my, my faith and my roots and built a relationship with Jesus. And he began to flip my frames. And so I went from a pessimistic person to an optimistic person. I went from a greedy person to a generous person. I went to, from somebody that was thinking like temporarily to someone that looked at things with eternal vision. I'm just curious, has anybody this morning, has God flipped anybody's frames? Come on, make some noise in the building. Put some emoji claps in the chat if God has changed your frames. God is a frame changer. He can switch everything up, y'all. But sometimes when we have the wrong frames on, we can miss opportunities, right? How many of y'all ever missed an opportunity before because you were looking at it the wrong way? Anybody? Anybody enough to be honest? So I've done it many, many times, even, even as a pastor. So 
uh, this was probably about 10 years ago, and our church had just uh, moved into an old Toys R Us store. And some of you guys that have been down to Flavor Fest got to see our facility. We're blessed to have this building. Uh, but it was a big undertaking, a big leap of faith for our church. And so when we first moved in, there was a lot of pressure, right? And, 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 and there was all these new people, and we were trying to pay off our construction debt and everything. And so, but yeah, we wanted to continue to reach more people. And so Easter was coming up, and we wanted to try something new to advertise and let the community know about the, the, the church. And so right up the block at the mall, this new movie theater had just opened up. And so at the movies, you know at the movies how before the movie, like there's some advertisements that show up on the screen. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't even know about the movies anymore. Remember the movies? <laughs> we don't go to the movies anymore, right? But remember back when, right? And so we're like, man, we want to do like an ad before the movie and put some stuff up about the church. So we called the movie theater and this guy came to meet with us and talk to us about it. And I said, man, here's the budget that we have. We just want to play this for like three weeks and try it right before Easter and get the word out. And so he looked at me and was like, well, you know, that's not really going to work that great uh, because, you know, um, you, you really need to do it for at least like six months or a year for that to work. So we have a monthly price for you, and here it is, right? And it was like 10 times the amount that, that I was like, that we had in our budget carved out, right? I'm like looking at that like, what? How many of y'all ever had somebody try to give you the upsell before, right? So I felt like I was getting the upsell. And, and recently, around that time, all these people were coming almost every day to try to, like, convince us to buy something or, you know, upsell us to something we couldn't afford or we, couldn't need, we didn't need at the church. So I was a little jaded. I had the wrong frames on at that time. And so, you know, so I said, well, well thank you. We'll, we'll think about it. I'll get back to you. So I was frustrated. I walked away. Uh, but then, Rob, I made a mistake. That Sunday, I turned it into a sermon illustration, I didn't use names or details or anything like that. Nobody knew except him because little did I know he was watching church online. Shout out to all the people online, right? right? So he was watching online and he sent me an email that afternoon and he said, hey, me and my wife tuned in. We're watching online. We love the worship and the diversity of your church. It's amazing what you guys are doing. And the message started out really good till you got to the part where you talked about me and said, I was trying to upsell you. And so he was super offended. And he went on in the email to say, me and my wife were praying about actually paying for your entire year of advertising, but we're not gonna do that now. I was like, ouch, right? I had the wrong frames on, y'all. And sometimes we can totally, totally miss it. There's a story in scripture about 10 guys who had pessimistic frames on and they caused over a million people to miss their purpose. I want you to stand with me really quick. We're gonna read a, a scripture and, and dive into it just a little bit deeper today. Um, but to give, give some context of what was happening here, the Israelites had been freed from slavery 400 years, walked through the Red Sea, it was a miracle. They're walking through the desert, God's providing food and manna. And so here they are, and they're getting to the edge of this land that God promised them. And God told Moses, send out 12 scouts, one from each tribe, and, and have them go out and bring back a report. So, so here was their report that we see in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, and it's uh, chapter 13, starting in, in verse 27. And they came back with this report. They said, we entered the land that you sent us to explore. It indeed is a bountiful land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. And they brought back some big fruit. And it was incredible. They were like, oh, wow, right? But, but then look what happens next. 
the, the, the vibe started to change. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw the giants there, the descendants of Anak. So the vibe's changing and it's going pessimistic. It's going negative. But then Caleb jumps in and he tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. He said, let's go at once to take the land, he said. He's like, come on, y'all, we can do this. Let's go. We certainly can conquer it. But the other men who explored the land, they disagreed with them. They said, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. Uh, so they spread this bad report through the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes there. And all the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like little grasshoppers, Right? So you have these 12 scouts go out, y'all, and they were all on the same team. Somebody say same team. Just because you're on the same team doesn't mean you have the same frames because they saw very different things. And so 10 of them came back with a very pessimistic report, but two of them had on the right frames and their story ended up a whole lot different. We're gonna talk about that today for just a couple of minutes. So pray with me really quick. Father, we come before you today. We pray over these next couple of minutes, God. You'll flip our frames. You'll speak to us in new ways, God. And you'll remind us of some things. And so God, just, just use this text, use this message, God, to speak to us today. We pray this in Christ's name. Everyone said, amen. Give somebody a fist bump next to you before you're seated. Tell them, change your frames. You'll change the game. So really quick, y'all, for a couple of minutes, I, I want to talk about how to flip your frames from pessimistic to optimistic. And we live in a world where there's a 24-hour news cycle now, right? I, I mean, we used to have to, like, stay up till 11 o'clock to watch the news. Anybody remember those days, like, all the older school people, right? But now, like, the news is on, like, 24 hours a day on multiple channels, and we have social media. We got TikTok and Telegram and Twitter, and we got IG and Facebook, and we got YouTube, and we got all this stuff and all this information that's coming at us left and right and all these reports, right? And if you watched any of that stuff this week, you saw reports about the war, and you saw stuff about inflation and gas prices, and you saw stuff about rising rents and you saw stuff about the Roe versus Wade and the protest and, and death and murder and the, and the interest rates are going up and all these bad reports, right? They can make you feel overwhelmed, over anxious and overstressed. Anybody there? Like just everybody, just take a deep breath. You had church this morning. You had church. So breathe, breathe. You're in a good place today, y'all. You're in a good place. So we constantly have this stream of bad reports, right? And here's what we can do, y'all. You can choose to sink and settle, or you could choose to rise and lead. God is calling his people in the midst of all the craziness going on to rise and lead. Now, in my spoken word, if you caught it, like, you know, um, perspective is all about, it's all about your frames. It's all about your frames. And your frames, your vision can see crisis or they can see opportunity. And Absolutely, the last two years has been some crazy crises, right? Like seemingly one after the other, right? But at the same time, there's been opportunity in the crisis. And if you have the right frames on, you can see that. And I know some people the past couple of years that have thrived. They've reinvented themselves. They've found new ways to do things, right? Um, our churches, we've had to reinvent ourselves. We were online for a long time. We do all this digital stuff right now. And, and so, like, our church in Tampa, the past two years, have, it's been challenging, it's been difficult, but it's been amazing in so many ways, and we're reaching more people than ever. We leverage technology. We found new ways to reach our community, just like you guys have. 
And so there's a lot of people, even in this room and people watching online that, that have had the right frames on and they found opportunity and they thrived. And even in the middle of the storm, you can have peace because you know God's got you and God's gonna show up, right? So the Israelites, they heard this report of these 12 scouts. 10 of them, they had bad reports and two of them, somebody say two of them. Two of them were good reports. Now look at what happened next in Numbers chapter 14. It says, then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried. How long? All night, bunch of crybabies, right? Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. And watch what they said. They said, if only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones, they will be carried off as plunder. Now look at this last line, y'all, key line. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Wait, what? Did you just say, what? Return to Egypt? Where you guys were slaves, working for 12 hours a day in the hot sun, making bricks for Pharaoh, getting paid nothing? That's what you want to go back to? But you know what? Many times the enemy is really good at causing us to have spiritual amnesia and, and we can forget all the pain of the past, the bad past that we were in, and we only remember the little pleasure moments. Like, you know... Like, like, you forgot how crazy she was. She was crazy. She was crazy. You forgot, you forgot how, how bad that job was and what a toxic environment it was. You only remember the paycheck and the security, but all the other stuff. But, but we can just remember those good little moments and like, you know, uh, we think about the high that we had. Oh man, that was, a, but we forgot about all the devastation that it left after it, right? And the enemy is really good at that, of blinding us and trying to get us to go back to Egypt because some of you in this room were in slavery. You you were in slavery and in bondage spiritually, right? And God set you free. And sometimes when it gets a little hard, when it gets a little challenging, right? When there's some difficult things happening in your life, um, man, you can start to look back at Egypt and be like, oh, I remember that one time. Maybe I should uh, look at your neighbor and say, don't go back to Egypt. Egypt is not an option. It should never be an option. God's plan is so much better than going back to your old ways, y'all. And so Joshua and Caleb, they were two scouts. They, they had the right frames on. They had optimistic frames, right? And they tried to convince the crowd, like, come on, y'all. Like, God did all these miracles for us. Let's, let's go to this land that, that he promised for us. And, and what do you think happened? So I, I want to just read a couple lines from, from my book, Frames. And, and this is what happened after they tried to convince them. It says, you would think they would, turn to the crowd, they would turn the crowd and they would listen. And they would go take this land that God had already promised for them. But when you lead higher, not everyone will want to follow you or jump on the team. Some will want to kill you. Some will want to kill your dream or at least kill your vibe. And that's exactly what the people of Israel did. They were talking about stoning Joshua and Caleb. God was ready to kill all of them. But in his grace and his mercy, he spared them. But he made a promise that not one of them would ever enter the promised land because they listened to the wrong report. Because of their disobedience, they were to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. Ten people with pessimistic frames cost them 40 years in the desert and no passport into the promised land. Wow. Ten people caused over a million people to miss their purpose, to miss the promised land, right? So I wanna ask you this morning, y'all, who are you listening to? What reports are you buying into? 
What are you constantly filling your mind with? It's gonna influence you. It's gonna affect you. But there was these two guys that had the right frames on, right? Because everybody over 20 years old died in the wilderness. Even Moses didn't step into the promised land. But two guys, somebody say two guys. Those two guys that had the right frames on, they were the exceptions out of over a million people. Historians say there was a couple million people that were part of the Israelite journey. And so people over 20, it was probably well over a million, right? There was just two that stepped into the promised land. These brothers by that time, they were in their 80s, Joshua and Caleb. The two guys that came back with the optimistic report, with the God report. They had the right frames. Your frames can change the game. So how do we flip our frames and trade in those pessimistic frames and we put on some optimistic frames? I want to give you three things really quick today before we get out of here that can maybe help you today change your frames. Here's the first one, y'all. First one is this. Number one is, if God said it, believe it. Maverick City got a song like that. We got any Maverick City fans in the building? Yeah, yeah, they sing about that. In Numbers chapter 13, God told Moses, I'm giving you this land. Doesn't matter how big the people are, how fortified the cities are, uh, how many weapons they have, how many obstacles there is. I'm God. I just freed you from the Pharaoh. I led you across the Red Sea. I've been feeding you in the middle of the desert. Like, I got you. I promised you this land. Um, I'm going to take care of you, right? Now, I know, like, for me, I can read that story and I get frustrated. I can get judgmental, right? Anybody ever get judgmental when you read the Bible? You're like, what was wrong with those people? If I saw those miracles, I'd be like, yes, sir, where are we going next, right? But, but how many of y'all in here ever saw a miracle at some point in your life or saw a miracle with somebody around you? Like some supernatural, you're like, man, that, that was God, right? We've seen miracles, most of us, before. But then some obstacle comes up, right, this week at work or with our family or with our finances, and we like, ah, and we doubt, and we can do the same exact stuff that the Israelites did, right? I've doubted God before as well. Our, our, our church, God gave us this vision to move into that Toys R Us building on a main street and, and have this big facility and touch the city. And, and so it was like, man, it was like, God, I, I don't know, that's over a million dollars. We only got like, how much you got, man? Gabe, how much you got? And Devin, we got like $15. I don't know how we're going to do that. Like a million dollars, that's, that's crazy, Right? But God had already done all these incredible miracles at our old campus. And, and we were bursting at the seams and doing three services and we saw so many lives changed and most of the people that were coming to our church previously hadn't went to church before and we had a lot of young dudes like Gabe that, that were teenagers that, man, they were bringing their parents to church and they were going to Bible college and, and some of the people that you know, we've sent out into full-time ministry and some of them are artists that you listen to and, and people like that are on tour right now touching millions of people and they came out of that little church in the hood in Tampa. And people were, from all of the world were coming to see what was happening in this little church. And so God's like, I got a bigger place for you. And we were like, well, I don't know about that. We had already seen all these miracles. And so if God said it, like, you got to believe it. And some days I was full of optimism. I'm like, let's go. We got this. And other days I'd be like, man, I don't know. I think I'm just dreaming. This is crazy, right? We don't have the resources. But, but God said it. We trusted we followed. Here's the second one, y'all. God usually doesn't perform just one miracle that gets us to the destination. It's usually a series of miracles along the way. A lot of times we're looking for the silver bullet. That's not usually how it happens. It's a series of things that happen little by little. 
And so hold on, more miracles are coming. And so as our church, as we rebuilt this Toys R Us store and, and we signed this deal and it was, it was this amazing, incredible thing, but we got to the end of the project and we were, we were out of money. And so our contractor looked at me and said, we got, we're gonna finish this project. And by the way, our contractor uh, that we hired to build out 43,000 square feet, he was 23 years old. He was only 23 and we had met him six years before that in jail. And he got out of jail, got ministered to at our church and started growing and, and build his construction company from the ground up. And we ended up taking a chance on a 23-year-old to do, manage this whole project and he crushed it. And at the end, we were almost done. He said, we gotta finish our church, Pastor T. And I'm like, that, that's great, but we're out of money, bro. I don't know where we're gonna go. He said, listen, I'll loan you the money from my company and you can pay me back when you can. I said, man, that's super generous, but we need 200K. He's like, that's exactly what I have in the bank. What 23-year-old do you know has 200,000 liquid in the bank? That's like, I got you, right? And he came from the hood. His parents worked for him. So he built all that in six years. Every week he paid himself $400 and he put the rest of the money in the bank. He thought he was saving up for his company, but he said, Pastor T, I was saving up for my church. So dude came in and ran the project and rebid it, it saved us $700,000, loaned us $200,000, and it was step by step. And the point of that story is you never know who you're ministering to. They might be 17 years old, like Francisco was when he was in the JDC in the Juvenile Detention Center. We had no idea this dude would build our church, right? So you never know what God has in store for people that you're ministering to. Have the right frames on and see their, not their problems, but their potential. Here's the last one, y'all. The third thing that can help you flip your frames. Hang around optimistic people. If you're always around negativity, guess what it's gonna do, y'all? It's gonna drag you down. It's gonna kill your vibe. It's gonna kill your dream. Some of you are gonna miss out on amazing opportunities that God has for your life because you're listening to the wrong voices. You're hanging around with the wrong people. If you hang around with some people that are positive and optimistic and have God vision, guess what? You, you can do incredible things. And so for me, I had to flip some things around in my life and stop hanging out with certain people because they were bringing me down all the time. And, and I had to get around some people that were, instead of being life-draining, they were life-giving. So I wanna ask you, what does your closest circle of friends look like? Are they pessimistic or optimistic? Right, so for me, I'm a pastor. I'm always gonna be around some pessimistic people. I love pessimistic. Some of y'all are pessimistic right now. And I love it because I wanna flip your frames to be optimistic. And so you can see God's vision and God's potential for your life. He's got huge things for each and every person that's in here. And so for me, like, like I try to, in my quality time, I try to move with the movers. I try to be around positive people that are gonna lift me up. Listen, if, if you're the smartest person always in the room, you might need to find a new room. If you're always the most optimistic person in the room, you might need to find a new room. I'm grateful that I get to hang out in rooms sometimes with your pastor, Jerome. Pastor Jerome is an incredible, encouraging optimist. I love to talk to him. And he calls me one of his mentors, and, and, and I am, and we've helped in many different ways. But at the same time, like, he's life-giving to me. How many of y'all ever talk to Pastor Jerome, you get encouraged, you get fired up? I'm like, I love calling him. Because I get off the phone and I feel like, man, yeah, you know, like this guy just fired me up, right? And every time I come up here to your church, I see some amazing things that God is doing here. And I see you guys taking big risks to love your city and, and love your neighbors and serve your neighbor. And I get encouraged. I get inspired. 
I, I remember when our church was at this stage and, and I'm like, man, we gotta go back and do some of that stuff, Rob, because you guys are, are killing it. And so you guys are in an amazing community here. Don't take for granted what you're in the middle of. You have some incredible world changers in here that are optimistic. And if you're pessimistic right now, going through some things, you're in the right place. God can flip your frames today. So I wanna pray for you guys. If you bow your heads around the room and in rooms all over as you guys are streaming this. And first of all, to, to, to flip your frames, you know what it's gonna take? It's gonna take an authentic relationship with Jesus. Devin got up here today and, and talked about Jesus. And, and, and we love Jesus and we love our city. My church is on that same exact vibe as you guys. And you know what? Jesus can flip your frames. It can't be willpower. It can't be, you know, reading a good book or, you know, listening to a motivational talk. It's got to be a supernatural thing that begins to flip your frames. And that's by having a relationship with your creator, your designer, your maker. That's how it happens. And so if you bow your heads, as everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I just want to ask if there's anybody here today that would say, man, I need to get right with Jesus I need to get right with God today. I just simply want to pray for you from up here on the stage. And, uh, and I'm not going to embarrass you. Or if you're worshiping online, you can just type in the chat, pray for me. But if you're here in the room, if you just raise your hand, if that's you, I want to pray for you in just a moment. I see you. Awesome. I see you. Beautiful. I see y'all. Awesome. I see you in the back too. Awesome. If you're here, you can put your hands down. If you're here and you are a believer in Jesus already, but you could admit and say, Pastor Tommy, my friends have been kind of pessimistic lately. And I need, I need them to become more optimistic. Um, if you're brave enough to admit that, raise your hand if that's you. I want to pray for you as well. So the first group of people, I want to, I want to lead you in a prayer, and, and then I'm going to close us in a prayer today and pray for all of us. But if you said you wanted to get right with Jesus today, uh, pray this prayer with me and make these words yours. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus. I thank you for your love. You loved us so much that you sent him to the earth and he died on the cross for my mistakes, my sins. And I believe what the Bible says. He rose again three days later. Because of that, I can be forgiven. So that's what I ask for today. Forgive me, make me brand new. Show me your plans and purposes for my life flip my frames. Help me to take my next steps. Thank you for chasing me and not giving up on me. In Jesus' name, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every person that just prayed that prayer in this room and maybe in their room at home or their car, wherever they're watching this from. God, I pray that transformation and frame flipping will begin to happen right now. In Jesus' name, I pray that they'll take their next steps. And I pray for every believer that raised their hand and was honest enough to admit and say, hey, I need my, flame, my, my frames to be flipped because I've been kind of, I've been pessimistic lately. God, I pray you help them to see things through hope-filled lenses, through your eyes and see the potential and the supernatural things and the beauty that's around them, even in the middle of the struggle sometimes. Be with City Life. I pray for Pastor Jerome and Crystal as they're on their sabbatical. I pray for Rob and Tina as they're taking theirs this month. God, I pray for the leadership here. Continue to do amazing things. This is gonna be an incredible summer. Just move this summer in amazing ways here in Lansing, Michigan. We love you today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Love y'all.
out in the uh, lobby. Don't let them go home with any merch. Don't let them go home with a box. Buy all of it. Get rid of it, man. Um, we want to bless those guys for serving us today. Um, and yeah, we've got Get Connected after the second service. You got group signups outside at the Love the City truck. Um, but today is going to be powerful. Block parties, all kinds of things are happening. But ultimately, grateful for every one of you being here. So we'll be here next week, 10 a.m. and 11.30, all races, all faces, all ages. And we're going to keep loving the city, one life at a time. And we're not going to stop until Jesus makes all things new. Have an amazing Sunday, y'all. I just want you, nothing else, nothing